Today on the Province Crier Podcast, we'll recap PC's 65-61 win over uh, 16th-ranked Butler on Saturday, and then we'll preview the game against Creighton Wednesday night at the dunk on FSN tip-offs at 7 p.m. All right, let's eat. Man up in my city on the roof, yeah. David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe. The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. Oh, baby. The Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself. Mike Surratt. Man up in my city on the roof, yeah. Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surrett. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. That's at Providence Crier, as well as read the blog, uh, theprovidencecrier.wordpress.com. Today's Wednesday, February 5th. Um, we are back after a week hiatus. Um, you know, PC, the last time we had met here, um, PC had the crazy loss against Creighton who they will play on Wednesday. Um, and then, you know, PC had the two games at Seton Hall where, you know, they were able to be competitive but ultimately got dominated inside by Romero Gill. Um, lost that one on the road and then followed it up with the Nova game at home where it was pretty ugly, but uh, PC, you know, clawed their way to, to keep themselves in the game, but just didn't do enough to, to overcome a pretty good Nova team. So, PC dropped two, and, you know, they had a week off. I thought about doing the pod. Obviously, you know, the basketball world was kind of rocked with the Kobe Bryant news. Um, I thought about maybe doing, like, a, a segment dedicated towards Kobe, but, you know, I started against it. I was thinking maybe a 24-minute, you know, segment on Kobe to honor him, but... I don't know. I, I don't think I could talk 24 straight minutes about Kobe Bryant, but obviously a terrible tragedy with him and his family. Um, you know, news breaks last Sunday. Um, I'm actually, you know, I stayed over in Providence that Saturday night, so I drove back to Boston in the morning, um, took a nap. Next thing I know, I wake up to news that Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash. and It was really surreal. Um, and I, I think that was the way a lot of people took it, it was really hard to believe that the story would actually be true. And really terrible, you know, he's taking his daughter to a basketball game and he has other players and family members on the helicopter with him. So really just a terrible thing. You know, me personally, I I was never really a Kobe guy. Um, You know, as a Celtics fan, you know, we had our run-ins with Kobe Bryant. And then obviously, you know, I always kind of felt like 
he was a bit of a ball hog, and, you know, I, I wasn't a huge fan of his game, but, uh, and then if you look at the beef between him and Shaq, I mean, obviously, I'm going to take the side with, with, with the big diesel. I mean, come on. But uh, the one thing about Kobe Bryant, I'll say, is the guy was, like, a superior competitor. The guy put in the work, um, and, you know, even if he was a guy that shot the ball a ton in, in high volumes, he was definitely a guy that, that made his teammates better. Um, and, you know, him ha- having the ball focus around him wasn't just to get him his own. It was to help other guys well. I mean, he's an 18-time All-Star, um, you know, five-time NBA champion. I mean, list goes on. I mean, this guy was a total winner, uh, a pure gamer. And, I mean, just terrible to see him go that early in life. But, so, you know, I had thought about doing a segment on him on last week's pod. But given that PC had the week off, I decided I'd just take it off too. But um, from there, let's just get right to this Butler game. Uh, PC coming in, losing three straight games. You know, they're in that stretch of games where they played five straight ranked opponents. Um, they'll wrap that up on Wednesday. Um, but, you know, the Friars come into that game, they lose three straight, yet I just had a feeling. And, I mean, was I right, Friartown, or was I right? I mean, I tweeted out that I felt like this would just be a game that PC would win uh, and just suck us back in for no reason uh, whatsoever. I mean, they're 12-10. and 10, so they still have a ton of work to do. It's going to take a lot more wins for us to actually really get invested and believe that this team can actually make the tournament. But um, I just got the sense that they were going to be able to pull this one out. Uh, they get the win 65-61. Um, you know, you look at Butler going into that game. Um, they hadn't been playing their best basketball. Um, they were coming off back-to-back wins. But before that, they were on a three-game losing streak after they beat the Friars at the dunk, uh, and then in those two wins, they, they really needed a miracle to beat Marquette at home. Um, Kamar Baldwin really had to will the Bulldogs to get a victory, and then, you know, they took care of business against Georgetown, but Georgetown, I think at this point, we can all see them as a bottom, uh, bottom fourth of the league type team, you know, um, at this point, they just don't have enough players. But So, you know, I felt that Butler wasn't really playing their best ball. Um, Chris, they lost Christian David for the year. Aaron Thompson also missed this one. Um, and then just our history against Butler in terms of how we've played them since they've joined the Biggies and our success at Hinkle. I mean, we've won some crazy games there too. So I just had a feeling we'd come, come in there and win. Um Obviously not a given when you're playing the 16th-ranked team on the road, but um, I just had that feeling. Um, I was actually in Vermont uh, with my family for my dad's 60th birthday. We, we rented a house. It was actually pretty funny. We, um, you know, Saturday, I was willing to do whatever, but I just wanted from 2 to 4 or 4.30 or whatever it was to watch the Friar game. So... Um, we end up going to a Scottish pub in Chester, Vermont. And I get in there, I find a seat. There, like, I find a table right by the TV. There's one TV in there. And before we all sit down, I ask the waitress, you know, hey, 
any chance we can put on FS1? I mean, it doesn't look like anybody's watching anything on television. And I got a flat out no. Uh, turned out the Scottish pub, there was this big Scottish soccer game and they would not let me change the channel. So I wasn't going to give them my business if that was going to happen. So we change venues. We find a new spot. This other place has one TV as well. I, I guess that's the thing in Vermont, just one TV is in your bars. But uh, um, end up finding a bar. They end up putting on the game for me. And, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really good game. I, I, I knew right off the bat the Friars, you know, if they wanted to to win this one, they were going to have to match up with Butler early, not let them get on a run. Um, you know, the big storyline going into the game was – Alpha Diallo was out of the starting lineup. Um, he had a real poor, poor performance against Nova. Ends up getting benched, uh, you know, for much of the second half after taking two questionable threes. Uh, Cooley finally got to courage the Yankum, uh, benched him for, you know, the majority of the second half. He doesn't shake hands with the Nova players, I guess, in the loss. So, you know, because of that, he gets pulled out of the starting lineup. The Friars roll with Pipkins, Duke, Reeves, Khalif Young, and Nate Watson. Um, and Diallo, I mean, we, we can get to him right now because he pretty much played an insignificant role in the game. Um, had 25 minutes off the bench, but could only muster three points on one of five shooting. He was also one of four at the line, uh, including one stretch late where... Um, luckily he got one. I mean, I think that's all we were asking for as fans. But um, yeah, he really was a non-factor in this game. But, you know, like I said, I knew the Friars, you know, they needed to come out and just match Butler early on. And that's what they did. Um, Butler gets up early with like a six-point lead. But but for, mo- for the most part, PC quickly made that up. And it was really a back-and-forth um, first half. I mean, I, I thought the officiating in the first half was god-awful. I mean, ton of soft calls, uh, hand checks, all that stuff. It all seemed to be call, being called on the Friars. It was insane. Um, I was freaking out, but like it typically does, officiating tends to, you know, even itself out in the end, right? Uh, you know, the fouls were, were pretty close. The free throw discrepancy, although Butler, you know, Took way more free throws than the Friars, uh, 31 to PC's 21. But, uh, you know, I, I thought the fishing was definitely less soft in the second half than it was in the first half. But, um, you know, the Friars, they were able to do something that they haven't really been able to do in many games this year, and that is to close out a half strong. Um, you know, the the Friars, it just seems like the closing out halves is always a problem. Either their lead, you know, they have a good lead and it gets shrunk, or, you know, they're within striking distance and then it blows up in their face because the other team closes out the half well and PC just turns the ball over, misses shots and all this. But finally, they're able to close out the half against Butler. Uh, the Bulldogs take a 23-22 lead. Um after a ball win free throw, but then the Friars close that half on a 9-2 to run and end up getting a six-point lead going into the break. Um, you know, 
they, they, they called timeout. They got a Khalif uh, Young layup followed by a Malik White layup. Um, two Butler free throws. And then, you know, Pip hits a three. And, and Duke adds two more free throws to end the half. So, Friars end up going up six, going into the break. Um, speaking of Malik White, I, I thought early uh, in the game, in the first half, he was able to show his ability to attack the basket and score around the rim, which I think he's going to have to do more of because at this point, his three-point shot has completely abandoned him. Um, he's gone three of 26, three of his last 26 from three. That's a, a ice-cold 11%, um, and that's over like a six-game stretch here. So White's from three, I mean, granted, he ends up hitting a huge one in this game later on, um, but uh, late in the second half. But his three-point shooting is, at this point, it can't be relied on, so he's going to have to attack the basket more, which he's good at. I mean, he, he has the quickness, um, and he, he has a knack for, you know, creating the space close within the rim to, to be able to make layups, reverse layups, uh, some fancy laps, you know. So Malik White's going to have to do a better job going forward of attacking the basket, and then hopefully his three-point shot can come along um, because right now it's just not there for him. But, again, Friars close out the half strong. Um, so I, I was really happy to see that. I'm sure much of Friartown was as well. Um, but so the Friars into the second half, they didn't puke on their shoes immediately and just instantly give up their six-point lead. They extended the lead to eight early, but I mean it was pretty much a close game within like five points for uh, majority of, of the rest of the game here. Um, you know, eventually Butler was able to break through and reclaim the lead um, from a Bryce Nazee dunk uh, off Kamar Baldwin feed with about 12:04 uh, left on the clock, and then that was their last lead the rest of the game. Um, PC was instantly able to answer that with an 8-0 run. Um, that was, you know, two Pipkins three-pointers uh, three sandwiched with the Diallo layup uh, in the middle there. So PC was able to answer right, right away after Butler reclaims the lead. And, um, it, you know, th- that was great to see. Just their, their response throughout the game, battling through the officials, you know, Anytime Butler tried to make a close, PC was able to have the answer. Um, so that was great to see. Like I said, that would be Butler's last lead with 12.04 left. Um, you know, PC does do their best to, um, you know, do what they always do and just throw the game away at the end of the game. Um, you know, Diallo turns it over with uh, 21 seconds left on an inbound, up three. Um, they turn around and they score. Pipkins, he hits his two free throws. And then I believe that's when the infamous play where they had Butler, or excuse me, that Butler had Kamar Baldwin shooting a three. Was he shooting a three? Was he not shooting a three? It looked, knowing PC, I'm shocked they, they called that on the floor, to be honest with you. And it probably shouldn't have been called on the floor. It looked like he was getting in the act of shooting. But clearly, he was only getting the act of shooting because Pipkins was coming over the foul. So it's funny that strategy of fouling up three late is so widely debated in college hoops, yet um, 
it almost bit PC right in the ass uh, by fouling a guy shooting a three. But luckily, you know what? After all the BS that we've had to deal with, I'm going to take that one. I, I don't care. Like, on the floor, no no three, uh, three free throws. You only get two. Ball win. Um, but, yeah, Pipkins, he was able to ice the game with his clutch free throws. He ends up going six of six at the line down the stretch there. Um, and, yeah, PC ends up getting the victory on the road, 65-61. And, honestly, with this game, they're, they won this game purely, I feel like, on their defense and then Pipkins. Um, I thought PC was excellent on D in this game. They forced 15 Butler turnovers, which is something you want to do when you're on the road, make the team give the ball up, be able to get easy buckets in transition. Um, I thought they did a good job on Kamar Bowen. Uh, he ends up finishing with 14 points, but he was really inefficient. 4-15 from the floor, including L of 5 from, from 3. Uh, he had 5 assists. I mean, it, it felt like he was trying to put the team on the back, uh, his back and will them to victory like he did against Marquette, which, I mean, I guess I don't blame him. Uh, he's a great player, but it, it seemed like he, he was kind of forcing it in that one. Um, so they did a good job with them. And then, obviously, the, the biggest stat of the game has to be PC's perimeter defense. They hold Butler to one three-pointer the entire game. Um, so excellent job with the perimeter D. They hit, Butler hits one three. It was in the first half, so they didn't hit a three-pointer in the second half. Um, they PC holds them to one of 14 from three. So... Excellent job there. That was huge. Um, I think a big part of that had to do with no Aaron Thompson for uh, Butler. He's good in terms of facilitating, you know, setting the table for their offense. And, I mean, I I think he's been sorely missed. I mean, they didn't have him in that Marquette game either, and it it showed uh, for sure. But, I mean, take take nothing away from PC's defensive effort because they were awesome. Uh, and then Pip, I mean, what what's more to say? I mean, he was unreal in this game. Has 22 points, and really, like, all his made, made shots were critical shots. Um, he was 4 of 10 from the floor, all of those being threes, but each three he hit was a big one. Um, you know, you look in the beginning of the game, PC trailed by its largest lead of six points early um, at... Uh, I believe it was uh, 13-7. Pip instantly hits a three. We're back down to a three-point game. His second three comes after Butler takes a 26-25 lead. That was a part of that 9-2 run to close out the half. And then, obviously, uh, we had mentioned Pipkins hits those two threes in between a Diallo layup uh, to to go on that 8-0 run after Butler reclaimed the lead for the final time in the game with 12.04 left. So, um, and then, obviously, his free throws. He was money from the line, automatic, uh, for a team that, for the most part, kind of sucks at free throws. It's, it's really refreshing to see a guy like Pip on the team. He's only missed one all year, um, and he was he was ice uh, from the line down the stretch, just able to drill them all. So, um, great game from Pip. Hopefully he can build on that, you know, I would hope this, this serves as a reminder to him, although he hit the four threes, 
that like if he's able to drive to the lane and draw some contact and get to the line, he can score that way too because um, he's automatic from the line. So hopefully Pip can kind of build off this game, um, you know, as we go into February and March here and as he closes out his collegiate career. Hopefully he's a hungry guy, um, <clears throat> wants to win being a senior, not doing a lot of winning at UMass, so hopefully he's motivated down the stretch here. But that will do it for the Butler recap. Uh, when we come back, we will preview the um, – PC Creighton game, which will be on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. at the Dunk. Um, but before that, let's hear a word from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, welcome back to the Province Crier podcast. Before we get into PC's tilt with number one, or excuse me, number 21, Creighton, on Wednesday night, I thought we'd start with a little revisionist history here. Um, so. Marcus Zigorowski, your point guard for Creighton. The sophomore, he's averaging 16 points per game, 3.4 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, you know, as a sophomore, he was in that same recruiting class as the one that, that found PC landing, both David Duke and A.J. Reeves. Um, you know, if you remember back then, PC actually, you know, they went after a lot of good guards that year. They went after Emmanuel Quigley, uh, Ashton Higgins, who both end up at Kentucky. So, I mean, I, I don't know if those efforts were even worth bothering. But, um, you know, they get David Duke. Obviously, Duke's a great player. And obviously, at him and Reeves, I, I really like their future, no doubt about it. And this isn't a, you know, I'd rather Zigorowski than Duke, but, but rather... Um, you know, it has to do with PC going after Cole Swider. Um, Swider, the Portsmouth kid uh, from Rhode Island, he ends up going to Nova. Um, you know, going to it, he projected as like a small forward, power forward. Um, and I think the thought at the time was, okay, we'll, we'll nab Duke as your, your lead point guard. Uh, you'll have Reeves at the two, and then you can put Swider at the three and you know unfortunately he goes to Nova and when you look at it, this guy Zagraski he's just sitting there you know he's from Milton Ma- or he's from Milton Mass so he's a local kid um, he's the half brother of uh, NBA player Michael Carter Williams who starred at Syracuse um, and you know PC I believe they were involved but they end up never even offering him. Uh, he ends up commanding the Creighton, and, you know, lo and behold, now two years in, he, he looks like a real stud player. And, I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, um, But I, I think it would have been interesting if PC went after another guard instead of Cole Swider and, and got a guy like Marcus Zagorowski. Um, you know, unfortunately, when you're recruiting these guys – you also kind of got to think about how they project going forward in your lineup in the future. Um, you know, people saw Duke as a point guard, but, I mean, it was really his athleticism, uh, his ability to get to the basket, and, and that sort of thing, more so than his ability to run the floor and lead the team um, as a pure point guard. 
Um, and Zagorowski, he seems to have a little bit better uh, of that combination than Duke does at this point. Um, and so, I mean, at this point, we're playing Duke at the two uh, pretty much the whole year. So he's not really getting much burn running the show as the, the main point guard. So, I mean, if you think about it, if we just went after a guy lower in the rankings and a guy like Zagorowski, I mean, think about the starting lap here. Um, I think he would have fit in really nicely. You could have rolled out Zagorowski, Duke, Reeves, Diallo, Watson. It, it, like, that has way more scoring punch, in my opinion, uh, than what we're rolling out now. I, I mean, that's not a slight at Pipkins, um, especially, I'm not trying to dog Pipkins, especially after he had such a great game against Butler, but um, in terms of, like, pure point guard fit, I think he would have been a little better fit for the PC roster, uh, and you could have paired him with David Duke and A.J. Reeves instead of getting David Duke instead of Zagorowski, so it's just interesting to think about, in my opinion, but, you know, that is revisionist history, Uh, he's with Grayton now, and they're doing good things, so kudos to them. But um, just interesting to think about, in my opinion. But let's get to the game at hand. So, like I said, PC's going to suck us back in with a victory against Butler. They get that, and here we are. PC sits at uh, 12 and 10. You know, obviously not much room for many more losses. Um, they're 5-4 five, five in conference play, tied for 5th which is encouraging. Um, they've shown that they can beat – they've shown they can play with anyone in the Big East um, at this point. Um, and on the road, they, they really show that they can go in another team's building and beat them. And they, they almost did it against Creighton um, in the last game. You know, we don't have to get too much into that one. We all know what happened. Uh, Friars lose that one in Omaha, uh, 78-74. Um you know, PC had a five-point lead with a minute 20, ended up giving up a 9-0 run to close out the game, uh, which was capped by the Zagorowski three. Um, so, you know, we all know what, what happened there, but PC's looking for a little revenge uh, in the return game here to the dunk. Um, you know, I think... This is like a critical game for PC if if they actually want to be realistic in terms of maybe possibly getting into the bubble picture uh, late in February and in, into early March. Um, you know, this game is critical for that, in my opinion. Uh, it's another opportunity to, to get a win against a highly ranked uh, team, not only in the AP uh, coaches poll, they're sitting at 21 right now, but I believe they're also like 16th in the net. So uh, after PC gets a win against Butler, who was 12th in the net at the time, these these two wins could be a, a nice package to start to actually build a resume here. Um, but you know, if you look at the the last game, I think what PC can do um, is build off some of the things that they did well in that game. Um, one being that they're able to turn Creighton over. They forced 15 turnovers. Um, I mean, th- that's critical for this Friar team uh, because they need as many possessions as they can get with the offense production that they've given you thus far. 
And obviously, if you're creating turnovers, hopefully you can get out on a fast break and get those easy buckets that, you know, the Friars just desperately need. Um, so, you know, hope to see PC apply def- defensive pressure to, to be able to force uh, Creighton into some turnovers, and then hopefully we'll be able to use that to, to get out in transition and um, get some hoops here. Because, um, I mean, Creighton, they're a very good offensive team. Um, they have a ton of weapons that can score between Zagorowski, Alexander, Balick. I mean, those guys are all scorers. So, um, you know, they're pretty loaded on that front. Um, but another thing that PC would, would really want to look to do here um, would be to crash the offensive glass like they did in the last game. Um, they were able to get 19 offensive rebounds at Creighton. Um, that really kept them in the game. Um, obviously, we'll get, we'll get to a certain someone that really kept them in the game. But um, their ability to crash the offensive glass and get second-chance buckets is another critical component to a team that can't really score offensively you know, in the half court that well. Um, getting those second-chance opportunities and putbacks uh, is going to be critical. So look at Nate Watson. He's going to have to be able to log some good minutes and not get into foul trouble in this one. Um, so hopefully him and, you know, Young, we'll see what happens with Holt. I mean, he only played three minutes in the last game. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of burn he gets in this one. But uh, the, the guys are going to have to crash the offensive glass and, and try and create extra possessions because that's what you need against a team like Creighton um, that can really light it up offensively. Um, you know, things that we can't expect to happen that did happen in the first meeting between the two teams. One, obviously, David Duke, he went off for 36 points. As much as I would love to see it, I mean, I, I don't think we've seen enough from him in terms of a consistency standpoint where he can put up monster games. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't expect. I mean, that's a bull prediction, right? Like, I don't expect him to get 36. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think that happens. And then you look at PC made 11 threes in that game against Creighton. And, I mean, maybe with the fact that they're home and, you know, I think that does say a little bit about Creighton's defense um, that we're able to knock down 11 threes, shoot 40% from deep. Um, but, I mean, I, I can't bank on that. Based on the three-point shooting that we've watched all season, like, there is no way to bank on that. Um, and then, you know, thirdly, I think is an important aspect which happened in, in that game, which allowed PC to really – being the game throughout was the fact that Zigarowski, um, he they said he wasn't going to play. He ends up playing. He was sick, uh, but he was clearly hampered by by whatever illness he had, um, as he was pretty ineffective. You know, he does hit the game winning three against us, but he only has eight points. He was pretty inefficient. Um, so I expect a better game out of Zigarowski as well. So I mean, you know, you think about that. You know, Duke's obviously not going to shoulder the scoring load immensely like he did in the first meeting. Um, I I don't think they're going to be able to hit as many threes. 
And then again, Zagrowski, I think he'll play better. So then if you think of, if you add all those things up, it's like, ugh, like how are they going to be able to pull this one out considering they lost the previous one? Well, I think a few things have to go their way. One being they got to get the offense production from Pipkins, White, Reeves. I don't care which one of them it is. One of them has to come up uh, and put up double-digit scoring for the Friars to be able to get the win here. Um, you know, hopefully, like I said earlier in the first segment, hopefully Pipkins can kind of build off this big game for him, get his confidence up, and hopefully he starts, again, hopefully he starts attacking the basket more because I, I think that can make him an overall better player because if he gets the line, he's going to hit those free throws. So um, hopefully he can build off that. Malik White, like I said, keep attacking the basket with him for sure because um, his three-point shot isn't going in right now. So hopefully um, White can kind of turn the corner, you know, maybe hit a couple threes for us, but uh, White, Reeves, and Pipkins I, I think are critical. Uh, they got to give you something. Um, you know, I, I would hope at least, you know, 20, 20, 25 points from those three guys. I mean, that's not asking a ton. Um, but one of them's going to ha- have to, you know, help contribute in, in the scoring department to keep up with a juggernaut offensive team like Creighton. Um, then, I mean, I think this is a massive spot for Alpha Diallo, right? I mean, this guy's been pretty heavily scrutinized uh, over the past two years. I mean, I think last year, a lot of it wasn't his fault. The team wasn't that good. Uh, he didn't have much around him, and he was kind of asked to do too much. This year, I mean, he has the pieces around him for sure. And, you know, while he's your leading scorer, you know, from an efficiency standpoint, from turning a ball over standpoint, he hasn't been good. And I'll admit it. Um, I I guess some, some of my buddies call me an Alpha Diallo apologist. But uh, I'll admit he's been pretty, you know, meh this year. And from a guy that was preseason all biggies first team selection, definitely expected more out of him. So here it is. This is his big spot. I mean, to me, the last home game he had didn't have a good game at all. Uh, he gets benched. Um, you know, he ends up not shaking hands with the Nova players. Not a good look. Um, you know, because of that, subsequently he gets benched. Uh, well, not benched, but he ends up not being in the starting lineup against Butler, and then he was pretty ineffective in that game too. So now this being his first game, home game back since uh, the um, Nova game, I expect Cooley to probably put him back in the starting lineup. But I, I know that will probably make some people annoyed, but I mean, at the end of the day, he's your go. Like you can't just lose all faith in him and just not play him the rest of the year. I mean, that's that's foolish. Um, so, this is a huge spot for him, and hopefully he takes what happened, um, you know, against Nova, and then, you know, this poor performance against Butler. Hopefully he uses this as a wake-up call, because, you know, this is his final hurrah, just like I was talking about with Pipkins, and, you know, he was a guy that first two years he played a role in getting to the dance and last year they had all the disappointment that they had um but I mean I don't think it was totally his fault but this year I mean 
we all thought going into the year, obviously, the Cryer Prophecy Final Four doesn't look too good right now. But, uh, but I mean, we all had high expectations for the team going in, and certainly they haven't lived up to them yet. But the good news is there's still a lot of ball to play, right? Um, this is the most important time of the year, February into early March into your conference tournament games uh, to, you know, make a resume for yourself to, to make the tournament. So for Diallo, I think this is a massive game for him. Um, and I would actually expect him to rebound. I, I really do. I, I know he hasn't been great, but um, the fact that he's senior, he's been through these uh, moments, and I, I expect him to bounce back. And, and he's got it. Like, he's got to resemble somewhat of the um, – the, the Big East first-team player that, that he was picked to be um, in the preseason. Um, and finally, another key for them will be uh, defensively. I mean, I thought, granted, I've been lauding Creighton as this great offensive team, but, I mean, I didn't think PC was that great defensively. Um, they allowed Creighton to shoot 50% from deep. They allowed them in the upper 40s. Uh, from the floor overall, um, that's not going to get it done. Um, you know, they're going to have to be similar to what they were against Butler uh, in terms of perimeter defense. Obviously, we can't expect them to hold Creighton to 1-3. I don't think that's going to happen. But, um, you know, if they can use their quickness, their length, their versatility to disrupt Creighton at the three-point line, that could go a long way into determining, you know, getting a home win. Um, I think they need to be more physical as well. I mean, anytime you play Creighton, um, I don't want to say they're a soft team by any means, but let's face it, they're off. They're built around their offense, and they're not built around their defense and getting stops and being physical. And I think that's where PC does have an advantage in this game um, in terms of the physicality and kind of mucking it up, making it a Big East type street fight uh, that I think that's what PC needs to do um, we'll see what happens though um, you know in terms of prediction I, I hope to get to the game um, we'll see what happens at work but hopefully I'll, I'll be making my way to the dunk because the game's on FSN so um, it may be hard to get for other people I mean I know in Rhode Island you can watch it on Cox um but for me being in Boston, who knows with the Fox Sports Go app. I feel like sometimes it works, and then, like, sometimes it, like, it, it will be available, and then other times it's just not when it's not on TV. And it's like, well, if it's not going to be on, like, any of the FS1, FS2, anything like that, like, why not stream it on Fox Sports 1? That's just, or Fox Sports Go. That's just me. But, um, so, I can't really trust that app, so it might really just have to, uh, maybe forced to just make my way to the dunk tomorrow, or tonight, I guess. Um, but in terms of prediction, I think third time's a charm in terms of PC beating a ranked team at home. Um, against Butler, they weren't good, but it was a competitive game. The crowd was great. Against Nova, again, they weren't very good, but they were better, uh, and they lose a close one. Um, to the Wildcats by four, you know, they had their chance to win that one. Um, so I, I think this time, third time's a charm here. I, I think PC will get over the hump and get it done, um, prove to 13-10 and 10 
and then we'll really be sucked in, right? Back-to-back uh, -back wins off ranked opponents going into Saturday's tilt against Xavier. Um, I haven't seen too much of Xavier this year, but, but um, you know, they're a bubble team. They've been so-so. Uh, I watched the Butler, um, or excuse me, the uh, Xavier uh, Marquette game. I think it was like a week ago Friday, or it was last Friday. Um, crazy game. Xavier ends up losing a heartbreaker at home in double overtime where uh, uh, Marcus Howard ends up leaving the game after um, taking an elbow, excuse me, an elbow to the face. So Marquette's without him, and you think they're screwed, yet Kobe McEwen uh, was unreal. Sakar Adam was really good, too. And Xavier gets a crucial loss, and you're thinking, uh-oh, they might be dead in terms of an at-large. Yet what do they do? They go in at Hall, they beat Seton Hall, give, giving them their first loss of Big East play, snapping their 10-game win streak or 11-game win streak, whatever it was. Um, and then as an encore, they just went to Butler uh, tonight as I'm recording Tuesday night, and they pretty much handled DePaul throughout. Um, they ended up winning by eight, but it was pretty – it was double digits most of the game. So they're a hot team. We'll see what they do in Cincinnati on Saturday. But until then, hope you go to the game, uh, enjoy it, go Friars. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, eh. Cross over, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, eh. Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh. Down, bounce back like a me I'm the alpha dog, Diallo They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage And he seen me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe Cross over, I might throw the alley-oop Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah